mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Welcome to the Born Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and I'm joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? Hello. I'm still obsessed, Chris, with that uh, dog you met last week that was uh, called the Nippon Danji. Uh, Nippon Danji, the Japanese dog. Yeah, it was just like a kind of... Is it a Japanese guy, a Japanese uh, boy? Yeah. So Nippon Nippon Japan, Danji just means like... Guy, right? So, Dude. Japan guy. That's a terrible name for a dog, but he was a cool dog. He was very cute, to be fair. Yeah. Cool Imagine dog. meeting like a dog it. that's called Japanese guy. I mean, that's pretty cool, <laughs> I think. A <laughs> little bit odd, but uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just a good video. Go and check that out, guys. 24 hours in Akita. Ryota and I travelled around and sat in some hot springs. Weirdly, in that video, uh, we also ate some chicken. In that video, uh, Ryotaro mm. lost his voice at the start. Yeah, for, for most of filming that day, Ryotaro just did not have a voice, and it was a real mm. problem, but also quite good because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he didn't have to talk much. So, yeah, but he got it back by the end. Sadly, his voice came right. back after he well, eaten some chicken. I, I very much enjoyed, well the oil. The oil probably settles that down. I think the <laughs> yeah. uh, the that bit where you're in the onsen and there's just that kind of like that hot wet, hot water pipe just spraying out. Mm. <laughs> Like it, it's supposed to be yeah. like a really relaxing kind of uh, time, and it's just spraying out this hot water. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> it was coming straight up from underground, so it was real sort of hot spring water. That's um, <laughs> no, a pretty cool place. I, I yeah. love Japanese hot springs. Mm. I've been in them quite a lot the last few weeks. Um, now it's winter, you can do it. Yeah, like it just feels really unpleasant in the summer to get into a hot spring because you're hot yeah. when you get in, you're hot when you get out, not fun. Yeah. In the winter, it's freezing, you dive in, half your body, if you go outside to Rotenburo, half your body, like the top half, ho- hopefully mm. your top half, is sticking out the water and you've got the cold air hitting you, <laughs> but the rest no of your body stands. is like submerged. And uh, let's see Pete Donaldson, you flip, do a handstand underwater um, <laughs> and, and ruin, ruin the experience for all. But yeah. uh, I love it. So I've, I've been fun. enjoying them a lot more. Yeah. Very relaxing. Can't go wrong with it. Got a story this week from Julia from the Arctic Circle. Intriguing. Arctic Circle. Uh, Hello, Chris and Pete. My name is Julia, and I'm one of the apparently very many listeners from Sweden. It's true. (laughs) We have a lot of listeners in Sweden. Don't know how, don't know why. 
but thank you to our listeners in Sweden. Uh, I've been a fan of the Dave in Japan brand since 2016. How are you holding up, Chris? Are you surviving the national chicken crisis? Are you okay? Let us know. <laughs> the good news is, Julia, I haven't seen too much of the national chicken crisis in action. Uh, I went to, when I was in Hokkaido last week, though, I did go into Family Mart and there was a, a bit of paper saying we're out of chicken. And I cried. I fell to the floor. I screamed, I cried. But recently, it seems to be good. There is chicken once again, and I'm happy. (laughs) Uh, My first time in Japan, I think it was 2012, I was 15 years old and visiting Tokyo with my parents. Of course, we had to visit one of the most touristy places on our trip, the New York Bar, the Shinjuku Park Hyatt. Lost in Translation was, and still is, one of my favourite films. We thought we were going to be the biggest tourists there, taking pictures of everyone and everything. Turns out, we were wrong. Um, it's important pointing out the uh, if you've seen the, the movie Lost in Translation with uh, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, uh, mm. it is all kind of set in the Park Hyatt Hotel, which is a a really it's a little bit overrated. I stayed, I love the film so much that I stayed there myself, and uh, a little bit overrated. I'll talk about that in a minute. Though let's let's carry on the mm. story. Uh, turns out we were we were not the biggest um, tourists there. A middle aged, very fancily dressed Japanese couple come up to us come up to us when we were sitting down at the table and asked in perfectly fine English if they could take a picture with me. My 15-year-old camera-shy self was not prepared for this. And as a Swede, we're more shy and reluctant than most people when it comes to random social interactions with strangers. <laughs> I was taken aback but agreed to take the picture because I didn't want to come off as a rude foreigner. And I thought it was kind of funny that they wanted to have a picture with a random Swedish girl. I don't look anything special I, other, other than the fact that I'm a natural blonde. So I had no idea why they wanted to take photos with me. After the picture was taken, they thanked us and were off as fast as they came in. No previous or further interaction was had. Me and my parents were confused but laughed it off. Am I in some random Japanese family vacation album now? Was it because I was a foreigner? Any theories as to why this might be? Is this something that's happened to you, Chris? I still think of this uh, to this day. Have yourselves a good one. Keep up the great work. Julia from the Arctic Circle in Sweden. Uh... What do you think happened there, Pete? Why is Julia in a photo? It's a blonde thing, isn't it? Blonde girl. They seem to like that. They seem, they, blonde girl, they, isn't it? Nobody, I guess, naturally, ethnically uh, has blonde hair uh, in Japan. So obviously that's very interesting to people. I've been out with like blonde people before. And uh, yeah, they, uh, Only blonde. they love a picture. Love a picture. <laughs> Are you blonde? You're blonde, aren't you? I'm not blonde. blonde. Got brown hair, no. mate. I, I bleached it Rubbish. under lockdown, under lockdown circumstances, and uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I didn't look good. <laughs> Looked a bit ill, <laughs> too pasty. For I, it. I mean, I do think it is the sort of blonde hair look. Uh, I had a friend in Yamagata, Australian dude. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, and he was in lots of photos all mm. the time, just because it is rare to see, uh, you know, folks like that here. God knows, it is a bit scary, a little bit, a little bit odd to think there's probably a photo of Julia stuck on a shelf somewhere in like Osaka <laughs> on a family family shelf. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the subject of Lost in Translation, I love that film. I loved it so much, and I went to the park hire on a when I was a teacher on a teacher's salary. I spent like half my monthly salary staying in the bloody hotel for two nights because I love that film so much. I had to mm. do it. It needed to be done. It was on my bucket list. The The hotel rooms themselves are actually pretty not great, uh, pretty underwhelming. Um, they've got a good view generally, but a little bit underwhelming. The, the bit that is the best is the New York bar and grill. 
You don't have to pay to get in there just for the food and drinks and whatnot. Uh, and I recommend doing that over actually staying in the Park Hyatt. Um, the food's decent, but the view from there is exceptional. It's really cool. They have like a jazz jazz bar and they have like jazz music playing. And when the sun goes down over Tokyo and all the lights come on, it's just nice sitting there with a glass of whiskey, listening to sort of jazz music and feeling like you're on top of the world and uh, a little bit like Lost in Translation. Good film as well. Yeah. Yeah, damn like right. It? I think any, I think any, uh, yeah, big fan of that. And uh, the theme, uh, the theme, the uh, music, um, the soundtrack is uh, very, very good as well. A lot, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, a lot of cracking bands from both the eighties and the uh, and the noughties. I remember I um I met with the people at Park Hyatt once to do a potential sponsor video. Turns out they had mm. no budget, so that went out the window very fast. Hard right. uh, <laughs> to sponsor. Hard well, to sponsor I, when you got no cash. <laughs> they literally, I was, I was quite annoyed with them actually. They said, well, we don't have any budget. I was sitting at like a dinner table and they wanted mm. to meet and talk. And in the Park Hyatt. I don't have any in budget. The park, yeah, yeah, all right then, mate. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it then. Yeah. They literally said like, <laughs> well, we don't have any budget. And I was like, oh, fuck off then. Like, don't waste my time. They were, to be fair, they were nice people, but like, yeah. It just felt a bit like I hate that as a influencer person. I don't like doing sponsored <laughs> stuff. I very, you know, I really don't like doing it. Um, yeah, but just, just, just give me the money. Give me the money. <laughs> I, I feel like you often get people send you stuff. I remember doing a uh, some snack box company wanted to send me like a box of snacks once, and we're like, we'll send you a twenty dollar box of snack, a twenty dollar box of snacks, and you will promote <laughs> it in front of five hundred thousand people. Seems like a fair trade, right? And I said something like, I'd rather jump in front of the Hayabusa bullet train than promote your fucking snack box. Go away. Don't waste my time. Because I don't like doing sponsors, and I do them very rarely. If I do it, it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, and I met with Park Hyatt. They went, they, they, before we even had a, a conversation cordial, they went, yeah, we've got no budget. We spent it on a photographer who came and took some photos. And he, and you know, I looked at the photographer, and he had like five followers on Instagram. And the photos were nice. But it was... What can only be described as an indescribable waste of fucking money. God, it annoyed me. <laughs> and this pretentious photographer come in, taking a photo of like an orange in front of a window. And I was like, that's great. But nobody's going to see it. And nobody's going to come no. to the hotel, are they? And then I said, <laughs> I, the only reason me and everyone else cares about this fucking hotel is because of the Lost in Translation film. And they went, oh, mm-hmm. we don't want to. That was money well spent. We don't spent. want to bring that up. We don't want to. We don't want to talk about that. In, in any sort of promotion. And I went, that's the only reason anyone comes here. Do you know how many good hotels there are in Tokyo? Do you know how many good ho- I could list them right now. And um, But like that is not one of them. And I was very angry. And I left that meeting and I went and got some McDonald's and probably vindicated their decision not to use me or hire me. Um, and that is the, <laughs> the thought process of a twisted, unpleasant influencer YouTube person. Probably yeah. <laughs> just trashed <Yeah>. my reputation. <laughs> I just get to my nerves though. Seriously, like... I get like hundreds of emails every month asking me to promote a product or an item. And I, you know, they'll go in the bin. I, I, I can't remember the last time I did a physical item. Actually, I can. It was on Tokyo Crave. It was a, a snack box company. One of the good ones. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I just don't like doing it. I feel like it could go both ways. People exploit influencers and influencers also exploit people. Uh, like the classic, you let me stay in the hotel and I'll give you a shout out on my Instagram to my 25 followers. And there's yeah. the sort of, it goes both ways. There's dickheads on both sides, but. The thing, I, the thing that, that I, what I, I like is people who uh, influencers are in their kind of nascent stages in their career, if indeed they ever get there, um, they will pretend that they're being paid 
by companies and to, to advertise products when they're not actually they will advertise their i find a lot of like certainly younger creators they they don't really create any content and you see it quite a lot in the video game space they don't actually create any content but they just talk mm. about their affiliate status with d- different um different companies and it's that kind of veneer of legitimacy that uh, they feel that they get from companies but in the meantime they're not really creating any, any content their youtube is just mm. uh, a collection of kind of um videos that they've done in association with products and, and i you know half the time you're like i don't know where this person's actual voice comes from because all of their stuff mm-hmm. is just sponsored and there's no actual kind of content they're doing themselves so it's 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 quite interesting i mean as i said you see it a lot more in um in video games but i do love yeah, that yeah. you know kids kids are you know spending all that time and, and effort advertising products for free uh thinking that somewhere down the line they'll receive these products for free uh even mm. though they're paying for them and getting getting them themselves uh, now it's uh it's it's an astonishing proper like you know i to probably talk about capitalism a bit but it's yeah, it's at the end of a very long stage, isn't it? Really, late stage capitalism, as mm. they say. Wow, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough line to mm. walk. I mean, I watch a lot. Of my the videos I watch the most on YouTube are usually about cameras, lenses, and film equipment mm. and whatnot. And often they've been sent the equipment by a company, and they have to sort of tread the fine line between being critical but not yeah. destroying the product. But they seem to get a good balance on camera equipment. A lot of people I respect actually do a good job. Um, well, I guess, telling I guess like, Gamergate sort Ga- of. Remember, like Gamergate, where like uh, sorry, Gamergate. Chris, I mean, he was basically saying that like uh, they they have a hard line between uh, being nice about a product and getting and effectively getting free free stock at the same time. Yeah. What do you mean, get Gamergate? Like, oh, right. in, well, I mean, cameras. they're getting sent the camera lenses and stuff. They're, yeah. You know, either to borrow or to keep, and they're sort of giving a honest, uh, balanced review, but also they're not um it's not payola they're not getting free stuff and saying nice things about it yeah i mean often they're sent the equipment they sort of loaned it right and so mm. they are allowed to be a bit critical um yeah and and sort of have their own opinions and i and i and i like that and admire that because yeah that's really important when you're about to spend yeah. three four thousand dollars on a camera you want to know what's wrong with it um but mm. it seems that uh camera reviewers and tech reviewers are pretty good generally at uh still having an objective, clear opinion that's not influenced by those sort of relationships. What's Gamergate? What what was that? Did I miss that? Gamergate was a thing that happened uh, in the long um, storied history of abusing women online. Um, It all sort of kicked off, I think in the UK possibly, where um, certain mainly right-wing, alt-right kind of activists decided that uh, um, video game companies were getting a little bit too close to video game writers. So some video games would get um, a bit more uh, a bit more rope than than other ones uh, because of the cushy, cozy relationship that uh, video game uh, voices, video game writers had with the developers and the PR team and the marketing team stuff like that. So um, it, it mainly uh, it mainly shook out that um, women were women writers were castigated um for giving certain things certain scores um there was just this massive movement suggesting that uh, uh video game writers they uh they're um they're, they're effectively getting paid for but for to, to say nice things about uh about mm, certain things mm. about certain products but it, invariably um video game writers are on fuck all money um they <laughs> frequently can't afford to buy 
the products that they're reviewing. So they have to get freebies. They just have to, you sure. know, they have to get review codes and stuff like that. And there's a certain amount of jealousy from, you know, if you're at home and you can't afford your own video games and video game writers are, are getting it for free and, and, mm. and, and you've seen, it's seen like as the promised lands, even though video game writers are on fuck all money, uh, mm. by and large, uh, certainly ones that work for big, big, big companies. Um, so yeah, it is. It is kind of it. So it was that basically. But as anything, as any kind of movement, uh, it invariably, uh, you know, it's the criticism of certain Twitch streams and stuff. It always manifests itself at people having a go at women. Basically, um, like we were talking about the royal family last week, women always get it harder than, and, and minorities always get it harder than uh, than, 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 than than white men, effectively. Um, mm. So it's. Um, yeah, it it wasn't a great uh, his, it, bit, great bit of history, but it has meant that um, a lot of video game companies, a lot of tech uh, companies, that tech, tech uh, reviewing companies, um, have to kind of state whether the stuff's been bought themselves, whether it's uh. been provided by the publisher, whether there's been any kind of editorial agreement with the publisher and stuff. And, and it's be, it's why you're sort of seeing a lot of video game companies not provide code before release you know the grand theft auto thing uh, yeah you know re-releases quite recently nobody saw code until that was uh, released and so obviously um it wasn't a great uh, re-release it wasn't <laughs> a great remastering unfortunately um and, that, and that's oh, usually why if, if, if you don't get code before it gets released it's in, in it's, it's a side point but it's invariably uh, that the game isn't much good <laughs> and they know it <laughs> I was really disappointed about how GTA turned out. I because I, you know, mm. Vice City is my favourite games growing up, and I was ready. I was ready to dive back into the world, but it feels like it, it needs a little bit more time. Although I know, I it's think that was one of the better be... ones they did. I think it was GTA Three that uh, that was it a bit was of a letdown. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. all. A, it was all a bit of a mess. They they seem to just sort of go press a button it, it's a it's a massive undertaking uh remastering mm-hmm. that amount of asset that's amount of music that amount of sound um and it looks like there just wasn't enough um funding for it you know they they gave it to a third party they went uh here's your, here's your money and, and and they did the job that they could probably uh get away with doing and it was just it it was just done algorithmically they pressed a button uh, oh. the ai just sort of went does this need up, up uh, updating um you know does this texture need upgrading yeah all right we'll we'll run it through <laughs> this procedural uh deep deep learning kind of uh, model and and it comes out with spelling mistakes oh, and the, the, the some of the polygons that are meant to be sort of square come out rounded and it's, it's really inefficient way of doing things and they had the job of transporting it to another um a new uh a, a, a new engine the unreal engine so big job not enough funding, <laughs> as well, it seems like it seems like a, a common theme in the last year that video games have been undeveloped. Or there's, I, I wonder how much COVID is a part of that. You know, we had Cyberpunk last year, Battlefield uh, twenty, was it forty two now, twenty forty nine? Mm. I can't remember twenty forty something, and now mm. GTA. I wonder if COVID is a factor because a lot of developers are working from home. Maybe it's a very different situation. I wonder if that's I, a I think that I think it'll maybe sort of in the next few years it'll kind of calm down a little bit because you have seen so many games coming out undercooked and and the problem with marketing is that it bloody works like Cyberpunk still sure. sold it in boatloads you know people weren't bothered that it was uh, the marketing was so good I got excited about it I bought mm. it before I should have really been playing it um and fundamentally it's not the programmers it's not it's not the developers fault it's it's the 
it's 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 the money men behind the movie sort of say right this needs to be shipped Mm -hmm. now it needs to be shipped now it needs to be shipped uh no matter what state it's in and and also some quite unrealistic uh targets when it comes to producing video games i realize this isn't a video game podcast but i do like talking about it is now (laughs) it would have been you know i'm kind of glad i didn't do the abroad in japan 8-bit slash 16-bit video game that i talked about a few months ago oh you didn't do it you didn't you didn't put it through in the end yeah it's it very expensive, a... Chris, to do it properly. I, I know. I, right? I was, I was concerned. I think the be- the best money was spent <laughs> on your set, personally. It, well, I mean, it, I, the money that I was going to spend on the video game, I think I did invest it into the set, and I think in yeah. hindsight that was probably a better decision to make. Definitely. But you know, you never say never. I might consider it. I might consider it. <laughs> Too much volcano, the video game. It's a tragedy that uh, <laughs> I like. Those... We never get to see it. I like those Russian guys doing the uh, Too Much Volcano remix. Yeah, uh, Russian. That was so good. For those of you who haven't seen it on my Twitter, I posted a um, a Russian cover of Too Much Volcano. There's a team uh, of lads in Russia, I think, who, who dub over every Trash Taste episode uh, for Russian audiences, and they very generously oh, wow. did Too Much Volcano. It made me want to learn Russian. It's <laughs> such a sort of nice language. It's so... It just sounds really jovial, his his cover. It sounds really upbeat and fun. But, uh, <laughs> Bloody difficult. Uh, One of the harder ones. It's bloody awesome. Um, we talked about video games so much that we haven't got time for this week's news story. But oh, it's really depressing. Nuts. It's well, a depressing, sad news story. And, I, you know, we want to spread laughter and happiness here on the Board yeah. Japan podcast. Also, I haven't had dinner. So let's, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with the comments and questions from our listeners. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got from our listeners this week, Mr. Dawson? 
We got a message from Erin. Hello, Erin. Uh, dear Chris and Pete, good morning and hello from Houston, Texas. Love that part of the world. On the recent podcast, you talked about the American portion sizes and take-home boxes. Really, portion sizes are big here, and because of that, my partner and I have started offering kids' meals instead of normal ones. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it can be embarrassing, or sometimes the restaurant has, actually has a rule you have to uh, have a child. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, I've started ordering rather than offering. I thought for some reason they were in the re- <laughs> they were restaurateurs. No, they're ordering kids' meals instead of normal ones. It can be embarrassing sometimes. The restaurant actually has a rule that if you have a child, uh, you have to be a child under twelve to order from the menu. I was just wondering if Japan had similar rules. Thank you for your time and for the great podcast. Erin, it's it's good that you don't want to waste food and it's good that you're kind of ordering child sizes and it's gutting that a lot of places don't allow you to do that because I imagine they probably lose a bit of money on uh, child size uh, portions because mm. they're, they're just cheap, 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 aren't they? I don't know if that rule exists, to be honest. I know they have that whole, that whole mm. motainai culture here of wastage. They really don't like it when you leave too much food in certain situations. Yeah. Um, in yeah. other situations, it's fine. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a child under 12 and I've never really thought about that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Is there kids' sizes? You know? I never see sort of like, I, I've, I don't see a lot of kids eating in restaurants even, to be honest. Probably because someone's blowing no. cigarettes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, yeah, I don't know, actually. I, I, I was in a restaurant today eating some food and I saw the kids' menu and I thought, oh, that looks kind of nice. And it came with a hmm. toy. And part of me thought, yeah, I want that I toy. Want that. I want a kid's meal. <laughs> but I didn't do it because I'm 31. And I didn't want to mm. get shown to the door. So Potter I don't know, Erin. The, the sad truth is I do not know. It's a question mm. to which we will have to search harder for the answer. <laughs> Powerful <laughs> philosophical question. Uh, yeah. Like, do androids dream of electric sheep? Can people under 12 order? <laughs> do you have to be under 12 to order from the kids' menu? We got one here from Rob. <laughs> Hello, St. Peter and St. Christopher. My name's Rob and I live in The Hague, the Netherlands. If the gods allow it. We will travel to Japan in September and October to attend the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. Paying toll is rare. Paying tolls uh, is rare in Western Europe. So it didn't come to mind that Japan has an excessive and very expensive toll system. But after calculating the toll costs for our trip, we came up to the conclusion that we can expect to pay a ridiculous amount of 320 European rupees. <laughs> That's about 360 American pesos and over 41,000 Japanese shillings. <laughs> I'm so confused now, Rob. Why have you done this with your bloody currencies? <laughs> uh, are there good. any more hidden costs when traveling in Japan? And were there any expenses during your first trip that you didn't expect? Thanks to the podcast, guys. It keeps my spirit up during the pandemic. Rob from The Hague. Um, yeah, tolls here. We don't have tolls in the UK, except for annoying bridges like Dartford Crossing, bastards. But I mean, we we don't have tolls. Bloody dart charge! I hate that charge. But in Japan, you you do expect to pay a lot of money when driving around highways. It's kind of inconvenient. It's a little bit annoying. Some Mm. places that you rent cars do have like an IC card chip service. Um, Most smart people on the road in Japan have an IC card reader. And as you get to the entrance or exit to a highway, the gate just sort of opens automatically. Because I don't have one, because I'm too lazy to apply for one, I have to use cash every single time. Um, And it is a bit annoying and expensive and not fun, but it will be pricey, depending on where you're going. Mm. I don't even know where Suzuka is, actually. Do Do you know where that is, Pete? Is it... Uh, unsurprisingly, open. I don't. But I mean, if you're kind of like driving down the road and you uh, don't have enough money to go through the toll, what happens? Do they, do they make you go backwards? Um, or they, is there like an off ramp? Get off the road? They shoot <laughs> you. 
They shoot you in the uh, head. No, I, you. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know what happens, to be honest. Test that I, out. Have I, don't think I've, <laughs> I've never been in that position. Um, I did I did do that thing the one time where I, uh, I did a terrible thing where I... What, what did I do? I, I was driving to Osaka and I'd driven for like five hours on the highway and I yeah. got to the exit and there was a man there and uh, he said to me, Genkin, which means cash. Now at the time, my Japanese wasn't very good. I thought he said Genki and I went, yeah, Genki. Yeah, all right. And then, yeah, he, cool. opened, and then he opened the gate and I just drove off because I thought... <laughs> He was being nice. He's and being nice. in hindsight, <laughs> I he must have been panicking. He must have been running behind me after the car because, you know, I, I just slipped through and didn't pay any money. And it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So, yeah, cool. Genki. I'm yeah, cool. Genki. See you later. I'm good. I'm good. And I probably didn't pay a few thousand yen there. It's pretty bad. So just do that, Rob. No. Guide you and smash yeah. your way through. Um, I feel pretty <laughs> bad about that. That was like my first year in Japan. It was my first year. So it's fine. It's all right. It's not rule breaking. We've got one here right from now. Peter from hungary i will let you handle that one mr Donk. all right then peter from hungary uh hi chris and peter i'm a big fan of your humor in your videos and behind the scenes commentaries and i'm very curious about how your sense of humor is received in japan especially irony and sarcasm how does it work with average people and with those you know who know you very well like natsuki do they get it do they like it thanks for the interesting and entertaining content uh, chris does natsuki like your uh, sarcasm and your uh, irony uh, compared to the rest of the japanese populace i like to think he likes it a little bit more oh he loves it natsuki loves it he, <laughs> me and natsuki have a, a, a special relationship as special as the relationship between the us and the uk a special yeah. relationship it's very special as long as we keep saying it's special it's definitely a special relationship special but, definitely uh, special special isn't it and uh <laughs> but no, he um, yeah, he gets it. He loves it. We 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 get on well, and <laughs> Riotaro not a problem as well. But I wouldn't really do it unless I was on good terms with that person, or you know, I yeah. it was going all right. Otherwise, it just comes off as a bit condescending and rude, doesn't it? So, yeah, my humour doesn't overly translate well into Japanese. I think I think you need a little bit of English knowledge. I remember. You know, when I was a teacher, I, I, I wanted to make kids laugh. I thought, you know, I'll be a clown. I'll be fun. But I, all, the sort of humor I had to do was just like, shit. It was like self-deprecating humor. Like, ha, 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 ha. I've eaten lots of chicken. I'm fat now. Ha, ha, ha. And everyone loved that. They found that funny. Yeah. <laughs> the bar wasn't very high. Bullies. Um, They're all and bullies. Then just, and then I'd just throw in a bit of beatboxing. I'd be like, poof, and then the whole class would <laughs> cheer and it'd be amazing. And that was the sort Back of humour I would do in front of the class. Um, never <laughs> sarcasm, really, you know, wasn't yeah. like that. Just being a bit cheeky and uh, breaking social norms for being a, yeah. uh, a assistant language teacher. That was where my humour was re- derived from. Um, what are your thoughts, though, Pete? Yeah they, 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 yeah, they don't really get it. They, they, they don't really get. They don't really get the self depreciation. Really, they just sort of go, "Why are you saying these things about yourself?" They're crying out loud. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're very. Uh, yeah, their humor's very different. But you're right. You're right. If you hang out with the right people or the wrong people in Natsuki's play, uh, uh, um, case, um, <laughs> you do start to sort of get it a little bit, and you can tell. You can tell it's really Natsuki. Uh, and uh, 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 off the off the shelf, off the peg Japanese guy uh, who mm. doesn't come into t- um, touch with um, with Gaijin very often. Yeah, exactly. I, I I've just looked up where Suzuka Circuit is, by the way, and mm-hmm. I can see why it's so much money. It's in Nagoya, 
So my advice to you, Rob, would be get a bullet train from Tokyo to Nagoya and then rent the car from Nagoya. And it probably cost about the same, but you'll then avoid the very long and very not fun road trip from Tokyo to Nagoya. Because you can, Mm. what what will be like a six or seven hour road trip can be done in like an hour on a bullet train. Definitely do that instead. That's crazy. That's crazy that they would they, they would be um, the tolls would be that expensive for that um, journey. Three hundred. What is it? Forty one thousand Japanese shillings. Yeah. Wow, it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Yeah, it's like four hundred dollars uh, to go. But I don't know if that's a return. I don't know if that's there and back. But yeah. either way, it is pricey, especially to a Brit, right? Where we don't have tolls. So yeah, yeah. But definitely, definitely think about something to think about. But personally, mm. get the bullet train, Rob. Save yourself some hassle. Keep the stories, questions, mm. comments coming in to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys. Do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. And I'm off for a much-awaited and very much-needed dinner because I've been very stupid today and didn't eat dinner before Aww. doing the podcast. Bye for now. Ta-ta. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com